Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today on the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. I've been able to say that faster and faster every time. You are. With, and it's early in the morning. It is a little early yet. <laughs> it is. I'm joined by the fantastic, fantabulous Christy, who is our VP of online course development. Really, every all of our content development. Christy has a lot of skills, a lot of background in developing courses to make sure that people get educated well and efficiently and correctly. And so she takes all of this that comes out of my face and turns it into actual coursework online. So if you're a doctor looking for more knowledge and more understanding of how to utilize laser therapy in your practice, specifically class four laser therapy, please give us a look because we have a lot of free tools that can help you in practice. Uh, that we've developed over the years, calculators, uh, return on investment stuff. We've got a white paper on the market. If you're looking at getting into laser therapy, we've got uh, basic courses you could start right now on our website. There's a lot of great stuff there. In addition, we can provide you with a a complete spectrum of services to support your laser therapy practice. Everything from custom settings to protocols, uh, whether it's you're focused on spine or sports mm-hmm. injuries or you want to work on neuropathy or you want everything, we can help out. So that's my pitch. Please check us out. But today we're talking about 1064 nanometer light. Nice. Yes. So if you've been around the light therapy, laser therapy world for a while, you've probably heard about 1064 light. Uh, you might be wondering why it's a it's a thing. Uh, what it is and what does even all this wavelength stuff mean. So I wanted to take some time and go through a study today that talks specifically about 1064 light and the effects that it can have. Because one of the biggest things that you need to get right when you are buying a laser therapy device is the wavelength. Right. It's important. I mean, there's a... And you just do that well you, you help us understand that well well i try and just go off of the research and of mm-hmm. course we've got a lot of clinical experience from using these lasers uh for many many years but the research that shows us hard data is where we really need to live when we're talking about getting the best results for our patients so this research the paper we're going off of today came out in august of 2016 and it is titled Interplay Between Upregulation of Cytochrome C Oxidase and Hemoglobin Oxygenation Induced by Near-Infrared Laser. And this is a really good look, I feel like, at not only the effects of laser therapy or photobiomodulation mm-hmm. uh, overall, but it's also a great way to evaluate this 1064 wavelength kind of in isolation and how does it compare to other, to other wavelengths. So let's real quick define a few things first, because especially if you're new to the laser therapy, the light therapy game, um, you, you want to understand kind of what we're talking about when we say wavelength. It is, it is. It's the biggest factor that there is out there for getting your laser purchase correct so that you can actually do good for people. So uh, I need to find the picture. There we go. So this is wavelength right here. 
wavelength when we're talking about that is simply referring to the distance between the peaks of these waves right so shorter wavelength down here on the visible light spectrum and longer wavelengths as we go up towards radio waves and things like that now if you go short enough you get into ultraviolet and gamma rays and those are ionizing wavelengths we know those do damage to dna it promotes cancer once you get up into violet and blue lasers or just light in general you're out of that ionizing damaging spectrum and then as you move further into the red and the infrared and radio and things like that you move kind of back out or you, you stay out of that ionizing zone so all these infrared wavelengths and visible light wavelengths as far as we know are completely safe at this point mm -hmm. now you can use really intense light focused collimated laser light to burn tissues no matter what the wavelength is if you pump the power high enough you can get a laser that will burn tissues or destroy tissues overheat tissues oh that's like putting light through a magnifying glass exactly yes so. yes so you can you can still get damage to tissues direct damage tissues with these wavelengths um if, if you you know if you go high enough in intensity but these visible wavelengths visible light purple you know violet whatever we're supposed to call it now blue green <laughs> yellow red infrared they don't have the ionizing uh potential that, that you think of when you think of ultraviolet rays right ultraviolet being out in the sun damaging the tissues right you know causing skin cancer things like that that is not what we're talking about when we talk about photobiomodulation and the wavelengths that are used for for laser therapy so simply when we say wavelength we're really essentially talking about the color of the laser is it blue is it red is it green is it infrared now you can't see infrared it's not one of these uh, one of these it's visible to the human eye you can mm -hmm. see it with an infrared camera right mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. see that mm -hmm. but it's still a color of light that's, that's, that's the point amazing what light does yeah. and how it differentiates and you know all these different properties right. and and all of it is based on the wavelength mm -hmm. you know um the wavelength on uv rays is so short that it and the, the energy is so high that it produces damage to the dna even if you just kind of trickle dose it hmm. that's why being in the sun you need a uv blocker right um whereas the long as you get a little bit longer wavelengths going towards infrared you have uh, less energy in those individual photons so they can't damage the dna mm -hmm. um but but you get you can still get those to have an effect on the tissues and, and to do that you need absorption mm -hmm. the light has to be absorbed if it's going to do something in the tissues it just struck me some light damages things other light helps repair and promote healing yes that's what's incredible through this spectrum yes and and, and actually we're going to talk a little bit about how exactly certain light can stimulate healing but yes it is important to know i mean there there, there is a way you know to damage um tissues with light mm -hmm. and we we know that we've right. known that for decades so um this in, in this case of course we're talking about yeah light that doesn't damage light mm -hmm. that actually helps to heal mm -hmm. but to have that light help do anything or hurt it has to be absorbed mm -hmm. 
Absorption, I want you to think about it like wearing a, wearing a black t-shirt out on a sunny day. You're going to feel hot, right? You're right. absorbing. That t-shirt's absorbing the light from the sun. Right. If you have a white t-shirt on. It's reflecting. It's reflecting. You're right. You're not having an effect mm-hmm. on that t-shirt with the sun's light. Mm-hmm. So if you want to affect tissues, not just heat them up, but have any effect, it has to be absorbed. So I've got another picture for that one too. See if I, this is the right one. No, no. Third time's the charm. Okay, so I, I just like some visual aids. If you're listening to this on the audio only version, I'll do my best to describe it. You can always see these on YouTube um, or on our Facebook page. Are they part of the paper? Uh, these are actually not. These I had okay. to pull from elsewhere okay. just to try and explain these ideas a little okay. bit. This this paper kind of skips right over a lot of this stuff. And and I what I found is that. Unless you're intimately familiar with light and lasers, a quick review on this stuff can be really helpful for oh, setting the stage. Definitely. So pulled these in. Um, transmission is misspelled on this one, but there's just a few ways that light interacts with tissues. So it can reflect off the tissues and not go in and not have an effect. It can be absorbed in the tissues, and that's having an effect. Mm-hmm. It can also scatter in the tissues. So before it's absorbed, in many cases, instead of Continuing on in a straight line into the tissues, it'll scatter laterally, you know, or all these different directions. Mm -hmm. And that limits the amount of transmission or light that goes through the tissues. Right. Right? So the more scattering you have, the less transmission you have. Mm -hmm. Also, the more absorption you have, the less transmission you have because that light is being absorbed. It's stopping in those tissues where it's being absorbed. Okay. So if you have mm-hmm. very high absorption of a certain wavelength, um, like let's say blue light, mm-hmm. if you have very high absorption, it gets absorbed very quickly so at does, the skin. So it doesn't get down to where it needs to get. Exactly. It just it, gets stopped. Right. It's like, oh, comfort. Right. Stay yep. here. Oh, this is nice. I'll <laughs> stay right here. Yep. It just does not make it any further. Okay. okay? So you need to have this, this balance between absorption and transmission and and scattering even plays a part here too because if you have more scattering then you're not going to get that transmission through the tissues you're going to get some lateral scattering mm-hmm. into the superficial tissues but it doesn't make it as deep as you might be thinking it should right so that's our reflection scattering absorption transmission if you want to know more about that I did some podcasts on those specific mm-hmm. uh, items uh, a year ago or so. Uh, just search the podcast for transmission or mm-hmm. um, absorption you'll, you'll, or wavelength even. You'll find some good stuff. Right. Um, so I won't belabor that, but I want you to keep this in mind. When you've got these wavelengths that uh, are absorbed quickly at the mm-hmm. surface, mm-hmm. then you don't get a deeper effect. Right. Because in order to have an effect... You have to have absorption of a photon. If you don't get that absorption, you don't get an effect. Right. Okay. So, let's look at the absorption of light by water. This is another graph, but just verbally, what I'll tell you is there is not a lot of absorption by water in the visible range. So in that 400 to 700 range, there's a big dip. Mm-hmm. So not there's not a lot of water that absorbs 
in, in that range, okay? But as you notice, we, we start going up into the, you know, 900, 1,000, um, you know, 1,500 and so, and, and it rises quite a bit, you know, all the way up until you get to, you know, 2,000, 2,500 nanometers or so. And that, that's uh, like a ERYAG, an Erbium YAG laser, is about 2940 or so. It has very, very high absorption in water. So it impacts right at the skin, I mean, just under the skin surface mm -hmm. where you have water content, right? If you come back down and you're closer to that thousand spectrum, what you'll notice if you're looking at this graph is that there's these, this little valley right between 1000 and 1100. It's this little dip mm -hmm. right there that shows us that there's less water absorption right there than there is at, say, 980. So, there's less water absorption at 1064 than there is at 980. Now, the traditional wavelengths like 660 and 800 and 980 have a lot of research out there on them. Mm -hmm. But looking at this graph, you can see there's a potential to get more light in deeper because of the little bit lower absorption by water mm -hmm. at that 1064 mark as compared to like the 980. And that's a very narrow margin. It's a very narrow margin, mm -hmm. yes. Now, would 1050 work? Probably. Probably. Would 1070 work? Probably, Probably, yeah, yeah. But 1064 is about perfect. That's kind of a, a sweet spot. It is kind of a little bit of a sweet spot. Now, this is just water. We're just looking at water absorption. So if you're really looking at this water absorption graph and you're thinking about wavelength. Okay, so the more water content, the more gets absorbed at the surface. So the less water absorption we have, the better. So, like, how about we go for 500, you know? Well, turns out we have other things to worry about too besides just the water content of the tissues because we're not 100% water. Right. Right? We're, we're a lot of water, but we're not 100%. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you also have to evaluate the content of the skin. Mm -hmm. And so, if we look at the absorption of light by melanin, it is extremely high up at the 400, the violet spectrum, and then decreasing in absorption as you get closer to 700 and then 800. Mm -hmm. But it continues downward all the way through 1100. Wow. So you overlay those two graphs on each other and you see there's less absorption in the melanin and the water at 1064 than there would be at say 600 mm -hmm. which would be a visible red red orange at 600. all right one other thing to look at which i've got on the graph here too is oxygenated hemoglobin where do you find hemoglobin in the blood mm -hmm. yes so blood's a, definitely a content hey you know one of the things that we have to worry about mm -hmm. if we're using laser well, to try and drive an effect because right, laser increases blood flow it does it does increase blood flow and the more absorption you have in the blood flow though it is going to limit how deep you can go it's useful it's definitely helpful but the higher the absorption in blood the more difficult it is to get that light in deeper well, that makes sense yes the blood flows and it's just going to take what it gets what it mm -hmm. absorbs and move on right right and it can help the tissues there and it can even it could right. help the tissues even at another site we've mm -hmm. seen that many times right 
But if you're trying, if you're saying, well, I don't really care about this person's, you know, minor shoulder pain, we're trying to fix this lumbar disc. We're trying to stimulate that. Then these factors really should matter to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you'll notice on this graph, you've got hemoglobin, oxygenated hemoglobin, that is quite varied in how it absorbs light, but it is very low at the 800 spectrum and then increases up to about that 980 point and then decreases again, which again, when it comes to 1064, leaves us with kind of an interesting spot. Mm -hmm. So the 1064 does not get highly absorbed by water. It doesn't get highly absorbed by melanin in the skin and it doesn't get that highly absorbed by the hemoglobin as well mm -hmm. those factors there should make you be thinking about okay it sounds like we're going to be getting fairly deep right with this 1064 light mm -hmm. getting the laser deep is good but what did we say about how to have an effect with laser it has to be absorbed right if you can't get it to absorb and do some good, then who cares if you can shine light through the tissues, right? It doesn't matter if you can transmit light through those tissues and reach that disc if it's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. So this study, this study, they wanted to see how 1064 light could affect the tissues. Stand by. I've got a quote for you. So... They say the mechanism of photobiomodulation is proposed to rest on photon absorption by cytochrome C oxidase, which is the terminal enzyme in the mitochondrial respiratory chain that catalyzes the reduction of oxygen for energy metabolism. The more the activity of cytochrome C oxidase increases, the more oxygen consumption and metabolic energy is produced via mitochondrial oxidative phosphorylation. Since CCO is an inducible enzyme, meaning you can induce it to change, right? Mm-hmm. A longer-lasting metabolic effect is achieved by laser therapies upregulating CCO concentration, which in turn enhances this capacity for cellular oxygen metabolism. We are speeding up the rate at which the cells work when it comes to photobiomodulation. Mm -hmm. So this current study, they applied laser therapy on the forearm of living live humans using a 1064 nanometer laser, and they used near-infrared spectroscopy to get simultaneous assessment of the interplay between photoactivation and upregulation of CCO, cytochrome C oxidase, and alteration of hemoglobin oxygenation on those treated tissues. So break that down simple, they put the laser on the skin and they used some spectroscopy to measure the changes in cytochrome C oxidase and the changes in oxygenation of hemoglobin. Is that real time? That is real time. That's amazing. It is amazing. Yes. Um, now, back in 2016, this was very, very new. So part of yeah. this study was that they were kind of proving that this near-infrared spectroscopy works. But it's been used many times since then. Mm -hmm. We know that it's very accurate. Mm -hmm. It can actually see the effects of the laser as they're happening. Um, so... They said, when it comes to 1064... This wavelength may not be optimal for photon absorption by CCO because its known peaks of light absorption are at lower wavelengths. That means CCO, cytochrome C oxidase, we know that it absorbs light at lower wavelengths. And that's specifically in that red, kind of mm -hmm. 660, 670 range, mm -hmm. as well as 
especially the 800 nanometer. The 800. Yep, 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 exactly. You know this. Yeah, the <laughs> 800 nanometer wavelength. We know that that works. Mm -hmm. That's been studied for so, so long. Right. Um, so we know that's a thing. So they're saying, okay, right up front, we know this may not be ideal. They say, however, none of the previous absorption studies have measured photon absorption by CCO at 1064. And this present study demonstrated a clear effect of this wavelength on CCO upregulation. We'll get back to the results here in just a second. But they go on to say, the primary reason for selecting this wavelength is its ability to better penetrate the human scalp and skull in transcranial applications. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, mm -hmm. dementia, mm -hmm. depression. Traumatic brain Traumatic injury. brain injury, mm -hmm. exactly. They say in biological tissues, light scattering is the dominant light tissue interaction and its influence is two orders of magnitude greater than that of light absorption. That means if you have a lot of absorption, you also have a lot of scattering. Mm -hmm. And we said scattering limits your what? Transmission. Transmission. Yep, your penetration deeper into the tissues. So... They say, according to the me theory, the light scattering in biological tissues decreases with longer wavelengths. So as you go from red at, say, 650, mm -hmm. all the way up into 800, you're getting more or less scattering. You're getting less because the wavelength is getting longer. Mm -hmm. But if we go from 800 to 1064... You'll probably get more scattering. No, because no, it continues to get longer. Because it gets longer and it gets so deeper. So you have less scattering. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. So they say that the 1064 wavelength is approximately the longest one in the near-infrared optical window where water absorption remains low. Going back to the water graph I showed you, it's that nice little dip mm -hmm. where you don't get a lot of water absorption, which means it can get into the tissues deep without being absorbed as quickly by the water. But also because it's a longer wavelength, it's not scattering out to the mm -hmm. side. 800 is pretty bad for scattering out to the side. So even though it transmits very deep into the tissues, you do get more scattering. It's a limiting factor of 800. They go on to say, therefore, 1064 is expected to have better penetration depth and stimulation efficiency in the human brain than shorter wavelengths for transcranial laser uh, treatments. And of course, we can use laser therapy for all kinds of things like pain and arthritis pain, neuropathy pain. It's great. But some of the most exciting research out there is the transcranial laser therapy it for is. these just difficult to solve problems. Well, and we've done some recent podcasts on traumatic brain injury and dementia and Alzheimer's. And so this ties into that very well. So obviously go back and listen to those. But this is exciting. Absolutely. This is exciting. Absolutely. So, uh, let's see. I've got more quotes for you here. So, anyway, in this, in this study, they used a 1064 laser. It, was, uh, it had a beam size of 13.6 square centimeters. Power setting was 3.4 watts, which gave it an irradiance or power density of about 0.25 watts per centimeter squared or 250 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Now that, I think, is important to say, look, this is a class 4 laser that they used, mm -hmm. but it is at a large enough spot size that the intensity is fairly low. You're still talking class 3B intensities here at you know 250 milliwatts per centimeter squared. So it's not that laser, if you will, beam to cut or, or damage. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's still, it, even though it's a higher power laser, 
it is still operating at a zone, you know, where you have a large enough spot size where it is not overwhelming the tissues. Mm -hmm. Now, um, it does produce a little bit of warmth, mm -hmm. but I'm going to come back to that in a minute because you'll have a ton of people out there who go, oh, well, class four laser doesn't actually work. It only makes people feel better because they feel some warmth. Well, these guys accounted for that. So I'll come back to that here in just a second. But let me talk to you about their, their results a little more first. Okay. So they say laser therapy with a 1064 significantly increased the oxygenated hemoglobin and CCO concentrations as compared with placebo. Mm -hmm. While the the deoxygenated hemoglobin concentration was nearly unaltered by either the placebo or the laser treatment. However, the initial laser effect on CCO seemed to precede in time the effect on oxygenated hemoglobin. The laser-induced effect was significantly greater than placebo after two minutes of laser treatment. So initially, that laser effect on cytochrome C oxidase was observed. They saw that rise, and that was eventually followed by a rise in oxygenated hemoglobin as well. Da, 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 da. So for CCO, the significant effect started after just one minute, hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you see that increase in cytochrome C oxidation after one minute of laser, but after that second minute, that's when they saw hemoglobin, oxygenated hemoglobin also start to rise, only in the laser group, not on the placebo group. Mm-hmm. They say, also note, the increased CCO concentration showed a slightly faster recovery trend towards baseline than, than oxygenated hemoglobin, which means that that CCO action, as soon as they turned the laser off, did start to drop and drop fairly rapidly, whereas oxygenated hemoglobin had a longer effect before it also started to drop. Okay. So there's a difference there. Mm -hmm. One preceded the other. Mm -hmm. This is important, though. Both of these are important because you should be providing more oxygen to the tissues mm -hmm. with more oxygen and hemoglobin. Right. And you're providing more cellular metabolism, more energy produced in the cells. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why that's why they measured these cuz they matter. So when they dropped did, did they drop back to the original level or did they Let, let me was actually it a, a lower I mean drop and then to Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. And I have a I have a graph um for that actually straight from these materials uh, but I don't I wasn't able to pull it up on the computer let me see if I can show everybody the graph and of course we're gonna upload or we'll, we don't upload but we'll provide you a link uh, to this study uh, so you can go and read it yourself as well but here is a graph of the results and it's gonna be a little bit hard to see there there we go something like that the focus is terrible so what you want to do is look this up but essentially on the graph they did not return to baseline. Okay. So the on the graph, the solid line here mm -hmm. is the laser group. You can see they started in the same place and ended in about uh, the same place for laser, whereas with placebo, not so much. Right. Okay. Same thing here. So, um, you know, on the hemoglobin, oxygen hemoglobin, it actually did stay quite high for mm -hmm. a while as they continued to measure it. Nice. So there's sustained effects. There's there's rapid effects, and then there's the, the sustained effects um, of, of doing laser therapy on both the oxygenation of the tissues and the metabolic activity of the tissues. And, and really, I mean, if you got more oxygen to tissues, what do they do? They heal. Mm -hmm. You fight off infection. Right. You generate new healthy tissues. If you have increased cellular metabolism, same thing. Mm -hmm. Your body is able to function more like it's supposed to because you're enabling those functions. Now, 
class three lasers, class two lasers, you know, lasers with very minimal power, uh, visible lasers. These are all said to have less effect on deeper tissues. Uh, we already did say there can be distant effects to laser. You laser blood flow that then goes on to other areas and that right. can actually change other areas. We already talked about that. We know that's a factor, but if you want to affect deep tissues, you need to be able to deliver that light in deep. 1064 is a clear choice that mm -hmm. should have good effects, should be able to reach those deep tissues. There have been multiple studies showing very good effects, mm -hmm. but we still have a lot of people saying, well, infrared doesn't actually do that much. We still have people saying that these higher powered class four lasers are worthless or they're overwhelming the tissues or they're just heating the tissues up and that just makes things feel a little better for a little while. Well, they say it is reasonable to expect that infrared light at 1064 with a power of 3.4 watts would generate some thermal effect. That may lead to an increase in skin blood flow. Such an increase in skin blood flow may give rise to an increase of hemoglobin concentration in the adjacent area. They say, yeah, okay. So if you warm the tissues up, yeah, it, it could increase blood flow, sure. To address this concern, we conducted an additional study and the clear observation with that study where they used a heat element, just a, an element that produced warmth okay. in the same manner that the laser did. Mm -hmm. They said the clear observation was that thermally induced hemoglobin changes, oxygen hemoglobin changes, followed a similar trend to that of the placebo, while the laser induced hemoglobin changes remained significantly higher during and after the eight continuous laser treatments. On the other hand, in the case of change of cytochrome C oxidase, the thermal effect was non-significant, meaning it didn't change the CCO, effect, the CCO measurement. While significant increases of CCO were clearly observed due to the laser therapy stimulation. So, boom, there you go. There you go. I, don't, I don't think you have to see any more evidence than that mm -hmm. to say that, no, it's not the heat that does the work. Right. It's the light that does the work. Right. You might get a little heat. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of warmth. I mean, we're talking like one degree celsius of raising the skin very temperature comfortable very comfortable very, very minimal um yeah. so if you're doing class four laser therapy and patients are always like oh turn it up i want to feel more heat no the heat doesn't do the work the light does that's the important part doesn't matter if you feel heat or not it really right. doesn't right but also if you've got somebody whispering in your ear that oh well it's just class four lasers don't work because they're infrared they don't you know they only produce heat that is clearly not the case. Mm -mm. The class four lasers produce chemical changes in the tissues, mm -hmm. biological changes in the tissues, independent of heat. You can't refute that. Not when they measure it and I, see it. Yeah, and, and this isn't the only study to say that time. either. This is yeah. just, it's just, this was, a, they, they didn't even go about this study to prove that. It was just a, an observational the way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's important to note here, I think, and in conclusion, that 1064 holds very good promise. It has shown good results, not only in transcranial photobiomodulation, but also for things like knee pain and shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. I think it's an important one we're going to see more and more of as we see more and more research. And it's, it's probably one to have in your arsenal as a laser therapy provider. And... It's also probably not the best idea to rely on extremely low power or visible lasers to get the job done. You need multiple wavelengths. You do. To be effective oh, across the board. I yes. Mean, yes, a single wavelength for specific treatments mm -hmm. or conditions, as you know and as you have mm -hmm. researched and, and do in clinic, 
um, we know that works, but yeah. having the ability to have multiple wavelengths work together. It's amazing, really, to be able to have multiple wavelengths. Mm-hmm. So um, I won't say the name of the company, but there's a company that has a class four laser with six wavelengths, mm-hmm. visible blue, mm-hmm. visible red, 800, 905, 970, and 1064. And what that enables you to do as a laser therapy provider is pick and choose what you want. Mm -hmm. This device also has um, artificial intelligence that lets it scan the patient's skin Mm -hmm. and then adjust according to the skin, which is just like mind-boggling, really. But that's important, too, because if you Mm -hmm. treat a lot of darker skin patients, then the 1064 does not have the same absorption in melanin. We already covered that, Mm -hmm. which means that 1064 is going to get deeper through that melanin because it's not absorbed as much so you're going to be able to accomplish deeper tissue effects in your dark skin patients your light skin patients your super pale people like me you know you can use your 800 nanometer and it's going to go right through but 800 is very absorbed in melanin so if you have somebody who's a skin type four or five or six it's going to produce more heat and less penetration into the tissues so 1064 could be a great choice mm-hmm. and i don't mean to say that lower power visible lasers are of no use they are incredibly beneficial definitely yes definitely absolutely there's mm-hmm. all kinds of application but if you're trying to you know work on a, a hip joint mm-hmm. um or even a, a shoulder you know mm-hmm. any of these major joints the spine mm-hmm. you've got to have some of that penetration you've got to have the right wavelengths to do it that are going to have the effect that have the deep tissue absorption the deep tissue penetration capability mm-hmm. if you want to have those really good results right right what else gosh that's exciting. Yeah. I, just, I keep just going back to the brain, you know, because mm-hmm. that is, I mean, more and more diagnoses of, you know, yeah. things with the brain and how we can potentially help. For sure. Um, help that. I mean, I, I, I love seeing knee pain tests just as much as the next guy. I mean, Definitely. I think that's great. But we do have some pretty good medical solutions for things like knee arthritis, severe knee mm-hmm. arthritis. <laughs> A knee replacement can do wonders for it, you know? In the right time. In the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's even pain medications that can work fairly well for that. But, you know, not really. But, (laughs) you know, there's solutions. My point is there's solutions out there. But when you talk about Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. there's no solutions. I don't care how many new drugs they've approved. They've approved two new medications in the past two years, Mm -hmm. you know, one of which costs us taxpayers $60,000 a year and isn't even proven to work. And another one that, again, isn't even proven to work that they just introduced recently. I don't remember the name of that one. None of them are actually shown to improve Alzheimer's. They're shown to maybe sort of slow the develop, the, prog- the progression down. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you think of all the side effects that come along with right. the medications. So, anyway. No, I, I'm fully on board with you there. When you, when you start seeing about, you know, working on transcranial light therapy mm-hmm. to, for things like depression, anxiety... Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, for some of these diseases that really have terrible options for treatment or no options for treatment. I mean... Well, and the cases have exploded. I mean, the number of cases have exploded. And so when you can offer, hopefully hope, through light therapy, it's worth a try. Yes. Yes, it is. If you know someone (laughs) or a clinic near you. Right. Where can they find a clinic near them? Go on the website. Absolutely. Info at laser. Ther- or That's laser our email. Ther- you yeah. can email us too. Info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. 
getting tongue-tied here. That's all right. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> or just go to the website, which is just mm-hmm. lasertherapyinstitute.org. Yes. You can mm-hmm. click on the tab labeled clinics and be able to find somebody near you. You can also um, fill out a little form there. If you don't see somebody mm-hmm. near you, we'll try and help you find somebody uh, nearby that can actually provide some level of, of good care. Mm-hmm. But you know if you see the Laser Therapy Institute name on a clinic, those folks have excellent equipment. They have the very best techniques and protocols out there, and they have the full support of multiple, multiple other members uh, throughout Laser Therapy Institute's uh, member clinics. Mm-hmm as well as myself and Christy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's who you want to see for excellent laser therapy. Thanks very much for joining us today. Yes. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more exciting stuff. Yes. Oh, and also, we have a webinar. We have a free webinar coming up. I need that's to talk right. about that. Yes. The webinar is coming up on the 27th, 27th at 4 p.m. I believe it's 4 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. I believe it is mm-hmm. yes and that is entirely focused on sports med I'm, i'll be joined by the wonderful dr clucci as yes. well to talk about some common sports injuries Very we'll exciting. be talking um ligament sprains mild traumatic brain injury and also overuse syndrome and it is completely free it's a one-hour webinar um we'll be doing some treatment demonstrations we'll be talking about mm-hmm. treatment protocols uh what to look for how to really use laser in a sports med practice and highly encourage you to register join that yes um, um, that'll be sponsored by K Laser USA, mm-hmm. um, but we're very, very pleased to be able to present some of the work that we've done, uh, as well as uh, some of their really excellent equipment. So, nice. please come join us. You can sign up on our website. You can sign up on the K Laser USA website, and you can sign up on our Facebook. There's all kinds of links, all but kinds of links. do get on that. It'll be a great webinar. Yes. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.